there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? What is in the box, Danny? Vampires? Danny. Vampires? I'm Joanna. Yeah, <laughs> lots of vampires today on Tell Us What's in the Box. We're going to be talking about vampires and specifically two short stories by the wonderful Tanya Liburd. Tanya. <laughs> Easier. I've known Tanya for a few years. We used to be editors over at the same sci-fi and fantasy mag and we play Overwatch a lot. Well, we used to. My job keeps me really busy. Um, but we're so excited to have you here today, and we're going to be talking about two short stories of yours, mm-hmm. um, both with uh, strong vampire themes and characters in it. The first one is Mimosa versus the Suquiant, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you can find in an anthology called uh, American Monsters 2, edited by Margaret. I cannot pronounce her last name. I think Tanya, it's Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Spelled H E L G A D O T T I R. Um, and then we will also be talking about 10 steps to a whole new you, which you can find on fantasymagazine.com. That is fantasy hyphen magazine.com. And without further ado, Tanya, welcome <laughs> again. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a little bit uh humid over here but the uh, i think the air conditioner might need some maintenance but i'm fine all right yeah excellent Mm -hmm. so um being we're all vampire fans and horror fans and everything else Mm -hmm. and uh big in with the horror writers association Mm -hmm. um why why horror why do you like writing these stories (laughs) I don't know. I mean, okay, this is it's 97, okay? And um, I'm seeing a cover of a playbook for Vampire the Masquerade. And there's a there's a there's a clan called the Asamite. Yes. Right? Which is yes. the ones from Africa, the you know, the vampire clan from Africa. And there is this black vampire guy on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I love the pose. And I was like, you know what? That's a black vampire in a cover. And it just got my, my, my gears thinking. And I started writing and the idea was supposed to be that it was there's, um, that the main character is a vampire who used to be a slave. And you just want to see what it's like to be somebody who does, who's come from that sort of background who manages to not be able to die and sees society change and time go by. And how does it affect them? And how do they affect the world around them? And um, most of us Sukhnyans, um was is 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 based off a chapter in that novel that I started back in '97, um, where she goes to find some relatives in the Caribbean, specifically Trinidad, and there's this nasty little number there who decides that she wants to have some fun and eat her. Um, well, drink her blood, right? Um, and she runs into more than she than she counted for with with Mimosa, mm-hmm. and that's that's basically how um, Mimosa with Sufian came about. But it's a it's a whole larger arc. But mm-hmm. that particular part caught the uh, 
caught the attention of Nalo Hopkinson when she was editing the online writers workshop back in around 2002 and it became mm-hmm. editor's runner editor's choice runner up Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Yeah, yeah, she, you know, and that put me on her radar. And then we found out that we're connected through my mom's friend, um, Pearl Into Springer, who's a very famous Trinidadian herself. You know, she's one like the, um, she's founded the National Heritage Library of Trinidad and Tobago, but this is back in way back in 2001. And even before that, she and Nalo's dad um, founded theaters in various parts of the Caribbean, Diana being one, Trinidad and Jamaican being others. Um, and she's won the high civilian honor. You can get the Hummingbird Award. She's a very famous Trinidadian. So we know each other, we connected through her. Mm-hmm. And that woman was a friend of my mother's, one my, my late mother. So, you know, it just, you know, at that point I just gave up trying to hide. I was using a pseudonym and I said, I'm running into family no matter what I do. Even if I climb up a mountain there on the other side, going, what are you doing? We're here already. (laughs) 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 I give up. So I just started using my green name, you know. And then I found out two years ago, and my uncles, my dad's brothers, uh, there's three males on my dad's side of the family out of 10 children. And it's just three guys, three males. And my uncle Bobby was the middle one. And he died of cancer two years ago. And I found out that he helped, he helped um, form the, formulate the constitution for his country that they became independent in 1983. So he helped formulate the constitution of that. So, you know, um, his daughter has some huge, I have, um, I have my last name. Everybody's going to know where I'm from. Mm. Right? It's an envision, mm. it's literally an envision name. It comes from nowhere else on the planet. Nowhere else. Mm. It's from a plantation, from a German Jewish person. So, I stopped hiding after I ran into Nalo and I realized that she knew Nancy Pearl and you mm. know the mountain mm-hmm. and everybody's there already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wait, what made you want to like hide in the first place? Was it just maybe um, why did I want to yeah. hide in the first place? Um, yeah. <clears throat> not so much my dad's side, but a lot on my mom's side, specifically my mom's mother. She had a very contest. She had a very fraught relationship with her um, when I was mm. alive. Um, and after my mom di- died, my grandmother just became physically abusive. And um, she yeah. literally kicked me out because I told her I was going for a job interview. No one wants to believe it, but abuse makes no sense. Right. right? You know. Um, yeah. so, you know, that kind of ruined my life for, it derailed my life severely. Um, and, uh, I, I just said, you know what, these people are messed up. This is why mommy kept them at an arm's length. <laughs> Let me just right. say, you know, yeah. no skin off my nose. If you want to, sh- if you want to shun me, I'll, you know, fine. You know, and I stayed away for like decades. Mm. Um, when I ran in, the only reason I came back was because it turns out I'm related to the guy that, um, the guy, the founder of, the, you know, Hamilton. He comes from, he, he was born in my dad's country. My dad's middle name is after him. And it turns out we may be oh, related wow. to my, to my mom, my dad's mom's side of the family. Wow. And what, um, what can, what country was your dad? Nevis. 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 Okay. That's the only reason I came back. And I was like, wait, why is it on my, un- my uncle Bobby's website for his law firm? Are they saying that they, they may be related to Alexander Hamilton? What? 
Wow. I was dating this guy called Darius. He was, he was Polish Canadian at the time, right? And mm. he saw me hide, he saw me literally curl up in a corner and he said, What? And I just pointed to the mo- to computer monitor and he said, Wow. <laughs> so that's the reason why I came back. I was like, okay, if that's what my family has in their family tree, I need to get back there and figure out what's going on. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Fox News had actually came down at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went there in 2007, the Jew, the white dude repainting the house where he was born said, You guys he pointed to me, and my dad and said, You guys might be related to him. And I don't remember my dad introducing himself. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Oh my goodness. It's oh, black in his family. His mom. It's, it's his mom. It's his mom. Yeah. Uh, his dad's Scottish, but no one talks about the mother. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So oh my the goodness. fact that a whole bunch of people of color are taking over his um his, his Broadway musical, I have no problem with that at all. Maybe mm. they're on, maybe they're trying to introduce something. I don't know. Ooh, me. Mm. I mean Hamilton, um, I uh, I was supposed to see a a um, live show of it. I was mm. saying June 2020, but then that got canceled because of the pandemic. So um, my boyfriend and I we we watched it on Disney Plus when they br- brought it out, and it was the original cast, and it was it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, uh, my my boyfriend is a big like rap and hip hip hop fan, so he was really digging into the lyrics with it, and he was just like explaining this kind of rhythm. You know, it it's not easy to do these kinds of rhymes and keep and keep pace with it, and he was just kind of like amazed with it. So that is really awesome that you have that connection oh I mean, my goodness listen man my uncle already did the exact same thing hamilton did and with hit with neva specifically so mm-hmm. it's not like i need to say oh i might be related to hamilton basically you know fox news came down to check it up check us out this is back yeah. like early 2000s where fox became a joke um yeah <laughs> when, mm-hmm. you know um but yeah you know when fox news used to be something you could actually watch Mm. anyway but yeah i mean it's you know it's not like i need that it's just that that's why i came back and i stayed in touch ever since because you know you know yeah it's it makes it it, it's prudent (laughs) yeah you're gonna run into them anyway um i mean i remember before i i got back in touch with my family i went down to fedex at uh exactly where my aunt was working and somebody said there's a woman here who has your last name and yvonne library but you said you're from trinidad so you can't be related to her and i I just took my stuff and walked out Uh (laughs) (laughs) today he's looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with this person how before i got back in touch with the family so it doesn't matter yeah so you know i gave up after 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 the nano thing i just gave up absolutely yeah so how how does it feel now to have like mimosa versus the soup Sukuyan and 10 steps to whole to whole know you and all of the other stories that you've published over the years like Mm -hmm. with your name on it how does it feel now to it be feels weird that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um i my reality my personal reality is centered around my mental illness and mm-hmm. um 
even when it became when even when that thing became uh, editor's choice runner up for in the online writer, writers workshop, I was in the hospital at that point. I couldn't relate to that. It's when mm-hmm. I came out and I said, okay. And people started saying, well, why don't you try and get back into that writing? And then I actually met Nalo in person at a convention. And then mm. there was TorCon that happened actually in Toronto the year after, which is really good timing for me. Um, yeah. But um, I'm starting to, I mean, with the essay over at Apex, um, and especially the amount of buzz I got for Fantasy, the one at Fantasy Magazine with um, Alexander Brown, um, saying what she said on tour.com, um, I, you know, I'm having to start to go, you know what, there may be something to what you're doing. Mm. Right. And then remember we, we published so last Peter Baker back in 20, 2015, right. 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. And now she's nominated for World Fantasy Award. Oh, wow. You know, so I'm like, okay, I gotta, I got to start tying these two parts of my world together. They make, you know, it's not my mental illness isn't the center of my universe anymore. This no. is, you know, I have to, pick, you know, I have to accept that this part, this other part of my, my life is real and it's going to affect me in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, so absolutely. it's, it's taking it baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, f- I feel like this also kind of like jumps forward a couple of questions that mm-hmm. we had. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Danny? Um, because both, both of these two stories, um, and as we talk about, you know, like owning your name and the work that, that mm-hmm. you do issues with families, you know, things, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, mm-hmm. there's an interesting theme of finding yourself through becoming a vampire do though does that relate to your experiences or is it just self-contained in in these stories you know what what does it mean to find yourself by becoming a vampire what does that yeah okay from what does it mean i okay from Mm. how i took it in um 10 steps to holy you um i sort of borrowed a little bit from my life in terms of having the woman um, at, at before she becomes turned, um, having, you know, sort of being the woman that was sort of like humored and tolerated on the neighborhood street because she is mentally ill and she, she had some mental health issues, maybe some dementia, maybe a combination of both, and she's not all there, mm-hmm. right? And people helped her out every so often with, 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 with duties and chores and stuff like that, you know, and then this woman comes by and says, what if I can get make this all go away and you can be just normal? You know, and she goes, huh. And then the, it goes one more step and she goes, you know, what do you think about the folklore? What do you think about the sofa? Yeah. What mm. if that stuff is true? What if I can make it all go away and you can become a sofa and you can become a and, and you can become a sofa, yeah. mm. You know, and then af- after that, she's um sort of seduced in to the idea. And even when she finds out that, um, even when she realizes that this woman might actually be a super young, she, her moral compass is not where you thought it was at the beginning of the story. You realize that mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I'm understanding that you're a super young. I'm gonna just go along with this anyway, mm-hmm. you know? 
and I'll, you know, um, she beats her. Um, Maria Haskins had a very um, way, good way of describing, I can't remember exact words, but it had to do with um, uh, a very um, cathartic transformation of some sort. She found it, it made, she said it made her eyes stay open afterwards. Um, but that's how that character came into her own. Um, she um, took a chance and gambled and won. Mm-hmm. But um, the price to pay was some was a surveillance life, but not hers, right? So um, actually, no, 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 she doesn't die. That's the other one. I'm confusing the two. No, and that's fine. She doesn't die, but um, you know, she um, she she takes a gamble and wins, mm-hmm. um, and has no regrets, mm. right? Um, mm. She does not become a thoughtful. Um, um, rueful morning vampire like an interview with the vampire that doesn't happen mm. it's more like the old time where a vampire becomes a bad person right and she, she you know her moral complex is kind of leaning that way anyway so once you become a Sufia you're a bad person mm. right and mm. bad people might want to become Sufia you know, so that's probably why they gravitate towards it and if, if this is the case with her Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, it. I think. I think it does. You know, it's just mm. very. It's just very interesting. I found that in both of the stories, like in Ten mm. Steps to a Whole New You, obviously, even in the title, you know, a new you, like finding yourself and becoming different. Mm. And then in mm. in Mimosa, you know, she's trying to find. She's already a vampire, and she's has this need to kind of find. Yeah, she, she loses. In the narrative of the novel that that comes from, in fact, 10 Steps to Holding You is a rip off of the backstory for another novel that I'm actually, that I've actually finished and shopped or I'm shopping around. It's tentatively called Island Girls. Um, hmm. But the other one's called, um, I, I don't know, uh, the one that Mimose is a part of, I, I, that, I can't remember the title for that one right now because I haven't finished it quite yet. Um, but the narrative is, you know, she loses people. She is not, she, it wasn't her choice to become a vampire um, as opposed to, um, and as opposed to intense steps. Um, mm-hmm. Well, sort of. <laughs> the boat, she has even less of a choice than the one intense steps has. Um, and she loses a lot of people. Whereas this one was already used to loneliness um, and is happy with it. Um, and it might actually suit her to be a loner, um, the one from 10 Steps, as opposed to the one from, as supposed to Mimosa. Um, she wants to connect with, I mean, she, in the, in the narrative of the, um, the novel, she runs into, a, um, she has a companion who is um, South Asian. Um, and when he turns into, when he becomes um, blessed with the dark gift, I call it, um, he resembles, he almost resembles one of their, um, one of their paintings where his skin is sort of a blue hue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, eventually they separate at the end of the novel. That's my plan. 
So mm-hmm. she never really finds anybody that she connects with because there's things that he's into that she cannot because of her past as a slave and the trauma that she had. You know, things like BDSM. Or was it, if you were a slave, would you be into BDSM? Hmm. That's an interesting question. That is yeah. an interesting and question. I bring, that, I bring that question up. Yeah. You know, uh. If you were beaten, if you knew how people were treated, if you lived through that, would you be into BDSM? And I think that's why Black people tend to call it a white people thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the thought of wanting to beat somebody up, that's, you know, I think they consider it a white people thing. But I know people, I know people of color who are into it. I've been to, uh, I, I did research, I've been to, there was this one um, BDSM party that I had at the Gladstone and somebody who was part of my tenants, my Parkfield Tenants Association at the time, I ran into her there gently whipping somebody with a cat and nine tails you know mm-hmm. so um activists can be um black activists can be into it black writers can be into it south asian people can be into it as well um white people also be into it um it was at the gladstone hotel right by queen and Duffy. it's still there it's a very famous hotel that that again to held that um so I explored that question, and that's probably the last that in, in, in the novel, the BDSM thing is probably the last straw that makes them separate. Oh, okay. Mm, but gotcha. I have to do a lot, a lot of research into what slavery was like um, in North America. Um, yeah. Because just from, you know, that's the only reason why I haven't finished that novel, because I know there's going to be so much stuff that if I write it, if I had written it back then, I would have been lambasted for not doing research. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's um that basically it, to go back to your question about finding um yourself, mm. she does not necessarily find people to be with, but she does tend to find more of herself and find out what the limits are. Mm-hmm. Um she is more like um, the Brad Pitt sort of um, thoughtful, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, mournful sort of um, vampire, whereas um, the one in 10 steps is so not. Mm-hmm. And like I mm-hmm. said, that I took that, that I, I did that on a whim. I can't believe it's made such an impact. I did that short story on a whim, and it's based off the backstory of, of, of the main character in my novel. That I've actually finished and I'm shopping around. Hmm. Um, it works really well. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it comes through so strong. Yeah, so, I, just, I was, ex- I just, I experimented with form with it, and I think I'm starting to have to understand that maybe I have to pay attention to my talent <laughs> and and not and not um, fall prey to the idea that I don't know what I'm doing anymore or I can't do something. Um, you know, I mean, so um, it's the language was deliberate. The choice of language was deliberate. I said, okay, so Celeste has written everything in full patois. She's done that more than once. Mm-hmm. I have quote switched um, Rhonda, Rhonda S. Garcia, or S.A. Garcia. We published her back in the business Apex. She has also quote switched some stories. Um, Nalo has written in full patois. Has anyone done a deliberate switching? Like, has, has someone done a deliberate switching where um, 
the way that I'm thinking of where like there's a defining sentence at the beginning of a scene that's in standard English and then the rest is in full thick Trinipatua. Um, and I don't think anyone has really done that. So I wanted to try that. I was experimenting before and it's worked a lot better than I had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah, it works really great. And Danny, I don't, I don't know about you, but with, you know, in both of those stories, when, when, when that does happen, I can, even though I'm reading it in my head, it's like, I'm reading it and it's not my own voice in my head. It's somebody else. Yeah. And I, it comes through so strong for me. I can like the character is so vivid. Yeah. I I, I agree. I agree. I'm a very visual writer and that's, Probably because my family, my dad does woodwork and my middle sister, um, she's the one that draws. Um, but me and Femi kind of have a visual thing going even though we write. So it's still there. Um, the first thing that always comes through in my writing, even in rough drafts, is the visual part. That's always done. Mm-hmm. I always have to integrate um, the, the five senses. And um, when I first had to start doing that with a novel, I hated it so much. Oh no. Um, but um, so what, how, what kind of vivid did it have for you? If you don't mind me turning the questions around. No, sure. Danny, I know you had some, some more stuff to say, to say about that. So why don't, so why don't you, you go first? Yeah. Oh, uh, I was just, I was just going to say that it really, it really felt <laughs> It had just this very distinctive because, you know, I grew up in New England, so I grew up in northern Vermont. So the whole setting and the mindset of of the people and the stories and stuff like that was extremely foreign to me. So I didn't really have a lot of I was having to take it on its own terms and not anything that I had experience with, which made it which made it, I think, to me feel like. Joanna was describing, you know, where it felt like it wasn't your own voice. You were hearing something else because I, you literally had no other frame of reference, you know, for it because I, I grew up in such a different way. I grew up with such different experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when you read something, you can, you can find something that you're familiar with, like, you know, oh, I know that experience, or I know this experience or know that, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you come across something and it's just so, uh, uh, different than what you've experienced, but it's completely somebody else's experience that you're just kind of taking it as it is and, and you accept it as it is. And so it's kind of this completely different voice and experience in your mind. It kind of felt to me in terms of atmosphere, the stories felt very, I spent a year in Honduras living in Honduras and it felt like that. Like it felt very hot and it felt very sensual and it felt very, um, like when I read the stories, you know, it kind of felt like that, you know, it kind of felt like, you know, thick air and you can smell, smell the the flowers and the plants and things like that. And that's kind of what I got throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I really worked very hard on that. Yeah. So thank you very much. That, 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 that I, I seem to have accomplished what I wanted. Wow. Oh yeah. So much. And then the (laughs) other, yeah. And then the other side of that too, Mm -hmm. which kind of, I think also taps in to our, yeah, I I mean, our universal kind of like love and fascination with vampires Mm -hmm. because 
Danny and I, we are both massive fans of Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, yeah. So we've for we've you both to played also, for yeah. decades. I write for yeah. role-playing games, too. So we're both huge uh, role-playing oh, game fans. Oh, did you see they have a Battle Royale type thing coming out? Yeah, they're yes. also coming out yes. with Swan I, Song. I, I, I and that, oh. <laughs> that is the first Battle Royale besides, um, uh, uh, I can't remember right now. I'm thinking Farscape, but Farscape's not a thing. Um, yeah. But... Tanya, you want to hop on there when it's out and play. Oh, Danny, I am going to. I yes. Am so going to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I want to play this even more than Apex. And I only got into Apex because of the arena mode that they started. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, like the Battorial mode, I can joke around in that. But when I do the arena mode, it stresses me out, which is great. Yeah. Um, I like it. But it doesn't stress me out the way Dead by Daylight does. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for Swan Song too. I'm waiting for for that yes. game to come out. The 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 other one, the you know, actual the the not the arena one, but the the other one that's coming out mm-hmm. too. I'm waiting for that one. Um yeah, like Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines is like one of my top games and like I started playing Vampire the Masquerade LARPing in college back in the 90s. So wow. it's been a part of my life for for a long time. <laughs> but I have to ask you my age then. 90s in college. My age. I'm 41. Okay, cool. I'm like uh turning 47 in on the 22nd. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, not too far. So, like seventy nine or something like yeah, that. Seventy nine. Yeah, I was born mm. in seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Same age as uh, Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know the song Pop Tom Music? Hiddleston too. No, no, he's eighty one. I was eighty two. Oh, was he? Is he younger? I'm yeah, older than Tom Hiddleston. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I do have a question since we've been kind of mentioned, you know, interview and stuff like that. And we've kind of mm-hmm. talked to all, this is a random question, completely that's off. Right. How do you right. how do you feel about Queen of the Damned? Oh, good question. Yes. I loved it. I am just mad that she got replaced but I mean it's you see the thing there's a conspiracy theory where people say that vampires represent the upper class the ruling class Mm -hmm. right so back in the ancient times Egypt was the it wasn't the America because they didn't do the things America did um, but it was a superpower, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Europeans became, you know, they, 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 you know, they went over to Europe. They took them out of, the, they took them out of, they literally took them out of the Dark Ages, the Moors from, from Egypt. Um, and then the Europeans turned around on them and, and kicked them out, and then, um, you know, became superpowers themselves over time. Um, and that's exactly kind of what happens with. Um, the Queen of the Damned, she gets replaced by a white vampire who becomes the head of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, if you are a conspiracy theorist or if you just look at, if you just dabble in conspiracy theory to see what's going on and you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily commit to any of them, but, you know, you get the idea of why they're there because people aren't stupid and they suspect something's going on mm-hmm. and they're trying to make sense of what they suspect, right? So, 
it makes you know when you look at that, I go, oh my god, please don't let me let not let not, let not let a conspiracy theory not be right. Let it just be a nice movie. Um, but the thing is, she died before that thing came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. You know, and then there were a whole bunch of theories as opposed to was she virtually killed? Was it a what did they did they mess with the plane? All <laughs> sorts of stuff like that. You know. I remember those. So, I remember those. Yeah. You know, so it was really sad that that was like the last film, but what a way to go out. It was a wonderful costuming and she oh, was yeah. so good in it. Yeah. You know? She was really yeah. stunning. That was even better than Romeo Must Die. Romeo Must Die is, mm, I love Romeo <laughs> Must Die. They're so good in that. Her and Jet Li. They should have, I yeah. think they came up together yeah. again. Um, before she died or something, but she was so good. The way her mouth would tremble with the lust for the blood when she was walking around and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she did that, but she just looked like a creature that you must fear and love at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, she was really great in it. I mean, it was, they, they did pseudo Egyptian wear on her. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, for me, um, I, you know, I go, I, there's no pseudo Egyptian in my novel. It is actually from, you know, some of them, um, some of them come from there, like the nemesis in, um, one of the nemesis that uh, Mimosa has in the novel, Hails from Egypt. Um, she goes to Africa at one point um, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's a really, it's a, you know, just to go back to the question about finding yourself and stuff. She, Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, it, um, yeah, that, uh, that movie, I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't say anything bad about it. I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. there, was South, there was South Asian vampire, uh, elders, there were European vampire elders. Um, there were black vampire, there was more than one, I think, black, black, black vampire elder. And then there was the one that um, Barbara Hershey did. And the thing is, I think Barbara Hershey hooked up with the dude from The English Patient, the South Asian dude from The English Patient. Mm-hmm. He was in um, Lost, I think. Mm-hmm. I think she even had a kid for him, with him, I think. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, yeah. that's probably why she's in that book, because she doesn't, she, she, doesn't bop, she doesn't mind people of color. So, you mm-hmm. know, um, but that movie was wonderful. It was awesome. wonderful. Um, when she when she flew into the air and took the start away, maybe they could have done a little bit better with the effects. But I mean, so, I, 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 I love that movie today. So here's my next question. Mm-hmm. People talk about metaphorically, not just like mm-hmm. the cultural origins of vampires, but like what mm-hmm. do vampires mean like in art? And there's all sorts of different theories that people have you know there's of course the one that that they represent you know oppressed emotions oppressed sexual desire there's ones that you know they they are um our our fear of mortality they are you know there's just all sorts of origins of like why vampires you know what vampires are a metaphor for in human nature like what's what's your take on that like why um I decided to just eschew, eschew, however the word you say it, E-S-C-H-E-W, eschew that. All that it's stuff. Sh- uh-huh. Yeah, that's eschew. Eschew. Yeah, that's, it so- it eschew. sounds right. Yeah, I decided to eschew all of that mm-hmm. and just decide to make her a foil for um, 
different ideas that I had at the time, um, which was, you know, like I said, if somebody was a slave and they survived all that, you know, and they managed to not die and live, and they got found a way to escape slavery and live forever, what would they have to say about the way society is going? Mm. Um, and that's my, that, that was my idea, right? As opposed to somebody who comes from an upper class background and they get bitten, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. you know um, I mean, the idea I have between, the one that 10 Steps from, from a Whole New You is taken from the novel that I'm shopping around. Um, the one I said is called Island Girls. Yeah. Um, that's because, um, um, and now this one's called Azalise, right? Um, now Azalise um, is a naughty little thing with, um, and she has a partner as well, um, who's also from Trinidad, but she is a regular Western vampire. She's not a Sufayan, this one. So they're together and um, they have each other's back. When one's sleeping during the day, um, the other one watches them back. The one was sleeping at night, the other one watches their back. Um, and um, another vampiric creature from Africa is sent to, because they're being bad and pissing off the powers that be, the supernatural powers that be that run Toronto and Ontario and the, the area, um, they, send an, they send in an adze and um, they consume the adze and it doesn't really change her partner in crime, but it change, but as least gets changed and she gets default back to somebody with a conscience. Um, when um, her partner in crime is named Deepon, when Deepon goes on a, um, and she calls it a bender, um, but it's basically a killing spree because um, she still has daddy issues. Uh-huh. Um, so she decides to, um, because she already was dabbling in psychology and, 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 and that sort of thing, um, she decided to form a grieving group for these people, for the people that mostly who are affected, um, who are really close to the people that, um, that her partner in crime killed. And she formed a grieving group with these because she, number one, she wanted to help them recover. And number two, she wanted to keep an eye on them so that the, you know, her partner in crime wouldn't toy with, with her food anymore. Um, so I wanted to bring out the dynamic of what it's like to be a Caribbean person from different, um, from different backgrounds. One person is what we call Dugla. It's kind of like, um, what's her name? Uh, Nicki Minaj. Mm. Right? Nicki oh, Minaj okay. is half black, half, half, East, half Southeast Indian. Mm-hmm. Right, she's half South Asian, but we say Eastern in Trinidad because that's basically the, that's where they're from mostly, the, the, the origin. Um, so we call that Dugla. So one of them in my book is Dugla. She was also she was also, before um, before her husband died. She was also gang raped, so she's dealing with those two things. Another one is a very um, she's kind of a bit of a toxic Christian person. Um, I, I I I sort of took bits and pieces of people I've run into and maybe a couple of people in my family and their values and stuff. And I sort of built it into that. Um, And um, one person is bisexual and another person has a lot of me in them with mental illness. Mm. And another one is from Jamaica and she is the person who sort of um, is very, she's very Afrocentric. She wears um, 
dread. She wears half. She kind of wears dreads. Um, she's part. She's part Chinese. Um, she's from Jamaica, um, and um, she is into. She reads a lot of black thought. Uh, um, 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 black history, black theoretical theories, and all that stuff. And she's very mm. up to up to scratch with those things. Um, and I wanted to see what would happen if you mashed them together in a grieving group mm-hmm. and how their personalities would interact or clash. And just to get people an idea of the variety of the Caribbean experience, because one's from Trinidad, one's from Martinique, um, the other one's from um, Jamaica, uh, a couple of them are from Trinidad, one's from maybe from Diana, I believe. Um, so I want, that's what I wanted to do. I, I totally eschewed the stereotypical oh, it's a fair of death, it's a fair of this, you know. So um, my stuff, it's been described as a novel with vampires in it, but it's not a vampire novel. Yeah, I I see that now, now that you're describing it. But I mean, that's Mm -hmm. real interesting. So you're you're Mm -hmm. really using the vampirism as a way of just bringing these different people together to show off different experiences and different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. places and things. Yeah, I can can definitely see that. Not, Not that I'm sad there are vampires in it but i can definitely see where that's not the the main point Mm -hmm. like that's not the the main thing of it i can definitely Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. see that for sure for sure so going on to that you're talking about your writing and stuff so what was kind of the hardest thing about writing these things what was the Uh, hardest thing for you (laughs) mimosa versus the sukuyam that i had to take the 1997 writer out of it and put in the uh, the current the, the the put some the person of my current and put in uh, my current skills into it. So that was like how, how to describe it: pulling teeth. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <yeah. laughs> um, I had tried a couple of places, and then Margaret Margaret had asked me if I had anything, and I showed it to her. She said, "That's perfect." And I said, "Oh yeah, good." Right. All it does now is is, is, is I have to finish the novel now. Yeah. Um, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, have a, I, yeah, I have a third one that's an entirely made up fantasy world. And back in the day, I used to write very long. Like the first thing. Like the novel, the, the novel Mimosa versus Zupian is from the first thing I ever started to write seriously. Mm-hmm. Back in, that's back in 97. So I started, I didn't start with short stories, I didn't start with microfiction, I didn't start with poetry, I started with a novel. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have a novella from back then that I'm trying to shop around. Um, and, um, and then a novelette. Everything I, back then, almost everything I wrote. People go, you know what? That's the beginning of a novel. And I didn't understand, but I understand now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I'm able to write shorter things now because I, I'm beginning to, but it, it's still in me. Like I have in novelette, people go, that's still, that's still, that feels like it needs more words in it. And I'm like, really? So um, that's probably one of the hardest things for me in general but yeah. for that particular story Mimo was, 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 was to take the 1997 very early writing out of it and put the more polished me into it mm-hmm. yeah I think we've all um, been there 
<laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> so, so, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so what was the easiest thing uh, about writing that? Uh, or was it just hard all around, I guess? If, if they're, you know. What was the easiest thing? What was the easiest thing? What was the easiest thing? Uh, formatting it in the standard manuscript format. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the truth in truth. that one yes. truth <laughs> yeah <laughs> the truth in that there you go yeah true 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 yeah mm. true, true, true. um for uh 10 steps to a whole new you the hardest thing was that every time i read it i go oh my god that was supposed to be impactful which you know, every time I read it, and I, so I kept rereading it to make sure that I got all the proper diction right, because I had written it originally in, in standard English, so I, I, you know, I, I had to make sure it was not, it didn't read like somebody had gone, oh, that reads like it was written in standard English, and the person just used partner words instead, you know, it, doesn't, mm. it didn't flow, so I wanted mm. to make sure that didn't happen, so that was the hardest thing, but I mean, it, it came out so naturally, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I wrote yeah. that thing on a whim. Um, I was taking Richard Thomas's short story mechanics at the time. And I was like, let me have a story half prepared for something I need to do. But I didn't turn the structure of the, uh, the, the, the course did not um, necessitate that you had to have something prepared or slightly prepared that you can bring in and polish with a group or something. You had mm-hmm. to do it from other things that he, he provided to you. Um, so that just sat there. And the day it, the idea came to me was I had run into a bird um, on, the, on, on, on the corner of the street. It looked like I'd been bitten around the neck or something. Like it was kind of like messy around the neck. There's no feathers there and everything. And I picked it up and took it to the Toronto Humane Society. And on my walking back along the Danforth Bridge on, on Queen Street, um, I was like, oh, how about I write this? I let me just have this. I and that's how the idea started. Mm. Um, Very cool. I almost didn't write it. No. That's how. That's how much of a woman it was. Uh-huh. Well, we're glad you wrote it because oh, yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just going back to the whole idea of m- mental illness and <laughs> being. You know, and I, I, I relate to it a lot, you know, even mm. though like I, the, the vampire lore I grew up with was, mm. or is extremely Western, you know, and mm. I think like the first time you ever told me that you were working on a mm. vampire story with a soup, soup Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what's that? Which we can get into that in, in, in a second too. But what I liked about especially both both of those stories is that mm-hmm. I mean yeah there are vampires in it but it's not about being a vampire it's still also being a human with struggles and mm-hmm. being like feeling so lost and so desperate that you're sort of willing to do anything to take that pain away and Mm -hmm. kind of 10 steps especially to 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 a whole a whole new you I related to that Mm -hmm. hardcore even though you know you it's based in 
an unfamiliar culture to me, but yet on a personal level, I still connected to it. And I think that's having all those layers in it. That's what makes it so, so compelling. Yeah. It's universal, you know, the universal struggles that, you know, we all have and, and especially uh, people with mental illness, which so many people have, you know, and so many people struggle with and that, and that, and, and, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, when I was talking about how it felt so different for me. So I heard it in a different voice, mm-hmm. but there was still that universal human element that you could relate to in it. You know, the emotion of it, even though the the setting and the experiences of the person I was reading about and everything like that was very different from mine, the emotion was still there you know, the emotion was still there. You could still connect to it in that way. So, I mean, I was kind of right in a certain sense, but also mistaken in another because, because mm. if it was truly foreign to me, I probably wouldn't have been able to, to connect with it at all. But because that emotion and that universality of it was there, then, you know, you can, you can still get something out of it. So, yeah, it's really Thank interesting. Thank you very much for that. I really like, I like, I like, I like, I like hearing that. Like, um, let me just, did you see the thing that Alex Brown had, had said about it on, on tour? Mm-mm. Let's see. Hang no, on. tell us. Yeah. Just, hang, hang on a second. Yeah, for with, sure. What he, what he said about, um, 10 steps to, to a whole, a whole new you or the, oh, she uh, did, she did. Oh, she, sorry. She, um, she did, did she talk about 10 steps or mimosa? Um, 10 steps. Ten steps. Nice. Uh, what yeah. the hell is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now this is what she says. It's the first story. Okay. First one she talks about. This story left me breathless, broken into 10 parts that progresses through the arrival of a suspicious new neighbor to an intense rebirth. Oh, it wasn't, oh, it was her who said that, okay. It's as sharp as a wolf's bite and as unforgiving as death. I Mm. don't even know how else to explain it other than to say it must be read. Oh, nice. That's good. Totally agree. It's really totally good. Agree. Yes. That is the first, I mean, for, that's the first time my stuff's been reviewed on tour.com. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. My brain exploded <gasps> when I read that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. It's really good. Yeah, I think really I was good. in a bit, a bit of, I think I was in a, in a down phase in my depression and that shocked me out of it. Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. That would. I mean, that's a huge. What a beautiful shock to the system. But yeah. it still blew my mind. It still blew my mind. I, I just went scre- I just went screaming to everybody I knew. Look what she said. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know. Yeah. So. All over. I yeah. love. I love it. Every time you post on Facebook about when somebody says something remarkable about about your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm sitting back back here going, well, of course they would say that. <laughs> but then oh, I also, but then I also okay. got like, 
being on the, uh, the under end of it and, you know, and having some form, whether it's mild or some extreme form of like, um, imposter syndrome, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely like, are you sure we're talking about my story? Are we right. talking about me? Are you sure? And then, it, yeah, it totally it takes a while to, to sink in. And then as you said, like earlier, um, in our episode, like, now you're starting to realize like, wait, I am actually kind of good at this. And then, you know, everybody (laughs) who's, you know, we're like, yes, yes, you are. (laughs) Yeah. It's that weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I was talking to, um, Nalo the other day and not to exactly quote what she said, but she basically said it, you know, you can stop, you can stop um, acting like you you don't, um, like you're amazed that you know people now. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) not to not to directly quote what she said but that's basically it i mean she um she's open about her um her disabilities as well Mm -hmm. um so she and i were just commiserating is that the right word yes over our our, um our our shared things like i have i definitely have undiagnosed adhd my shrink is convinced of it um it makes so much sense based on my forgetfulness and the the amount of things I had to go through. I mean, I had uh, teachers in high school commenting in my report book about it. We don't have a report card. We have Mm. report books, right? So every term, there's a new page, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, we were sharing that, we were were commiserating over that stuff. so yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm, I I have to I have to start going. You know what? It's, it's the, 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 the the evidence is a bit getting overwhelming now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you, you can't say that people are saying the T word anymore. <laughs> it's not cute anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have talent. Everybody knows it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those words. You know. You know. Yeah. You write something, and it's from you you know it's it's from Mm -hmm. you know all all your life it's from your your Mm -hmm. your feelings your emotions what you're interested in and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so you feel like why would anybody else care about this right because it's so you know from you you know this is my thoughts this is my thing we all have a tendency to think we're weird you know no Mm -hmm. one has these thoughts no one has these feelings but me no one would be interested in this but me so when people start responding to that you you know you do get that feeling of like what you know like what okay somebody else understood what I was talking about and got something from it you know it is very uh it's very intense sort of very dissonant feeling you know okay to quote what nalo said um in our private conversation she said you have value you give value and that kind of stuck with me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because i was like really i have i give value i mean what people i mean because i remember when i started doing the monday threads and because of covid i've sort of waffled a bit on doing it but i tend to do it every monday I do a thread of of uh, creatives who need who have crowdfunders that need some love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about forty tweets long, uh, a tweet a uh, tweet thread about forty tweets long, um, and I started getting known for that. Like people like started praising me and saying you give so much to the community. And I was like, wow, really? 
yeah mm-hmm. so i i'm starting to go okay my actions are, are being noticed and stuff so it's, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting feeling yeah yeah it's an sure. interesting feeling feeling yeah, like for sure. you matter mm-hmm. right and it's very hard when you are in the throes of depression especially yes. when it's like at rock bottom it's it sometimes can feel impossible to feel any kind of self-worth value feeling like you contribute anything at all to yeah. even I mean, one person for sure I mean, yeah I mean when you can look around and see that your place is a disaster and that your executive functioning is at legend, your, your executive dysfunction is at um, legendary levels. You know, it's kind of hard for me to go, well, maybe this worth in other parts of my life, you know, but mm. I had a good talk with Nalo and, you know, it's it, a lot of things she said made sense. Not mm-hmm. to mention Nalo a million times, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it now happened we... like, a, like a day and a half ago. So that's why I'm mentioning it. So yeah, <laughs> it's still fresh on your mind. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, very uh, yeah, I'm so glad you had that conversation. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just I think sometimes it just eventually it takes enough like successes and enough people to just kind of beat the thought in your head before you start going, okay, I'm hearing all of this all the time now. Mm-hmm. So I can start believing it. It's like it's so like if you are abused as a child and you hear all these negative things about yourself, it's so easy mm-hmm. to grow up believing those things, you know, yes, and it can yes, take a yes. long time to reverse that. So, but if, it takes, if ever, yeah. But yeah. If, mm-hmm. if ever, right. And it's, it's not something that you can, at least in my experience, um, that you can necessarily do alone. I don't know if you feel, feel the same way, but it helps having a very like tight knit community, a tight knit group of friends, people who are there to support you and build, build you up like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on, on our podcast, we, gosh, Danny, how many, like, really deep conversations have we had just about mental illness and disability and things like that, basically, and all Mm -hmm. the things that we've like watched or read and everything else. It seems to be like just in horror in general, whether we're talking about vampires or whatever, it's a very common thing to come up in horror because it is a type of horror, right? Yeah. Like, well, um, I if think you that, do it correctly, yeah. Like in yeah. the yellow wallpaper, that's perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. But if you do it as in, I'm crazy, therefore I'm a villain, no. Yeah. Right. It's one you of those know? things where horror, oh, horror is the genre of like the outcasts and the misfits mm. and the, the people who are forgotten you know it really is the people who are forgotten the people who are ostracized the people who are minimized the people who are marginalized horror Mm -hmm. is that genre for them why because so many people it was for so long it was kind of it was kind of because of the of the nature of the genre and the boundaries that it does and does not have and the nature of it, it it's it was an invitation for these people to express their feelings about mental illness or being marginalized or, or anything else that they were feeling. There were mm-hmm. metaphors and there were, and there were vehicles and horror for them to do that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 um, the, 
I, I, uh, most of the people that I know write fantasy or dark fiction or horror of right. And I realized that the day when I tried to write something near future slash cyberpunkish, and I had, you know, and I needed some people to take a look at it and say, look, am I just fooling myself? Is this nonsense? Does this, is this premise make sense? You know, um, and that's how I found out. Um, and then I realized that a lot of my fiction tends towards the darkish side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, why is that? And I think it's because I am not into romanticizing mental illness at all. Yeah. Um, and mental illness is not pretty for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if it didn't disable me to the point where I can't work, um, I would probably be able to live with it, but I'd rather it be not there. Mm-hmm. Um, the depression is very hard. Yeah. Um, and there's other comorbidities I have, but the reason why I have them is because of the ADHD, because it comes as a package deal, apparently. Mm-hmm. It's not that it just it just showed up in my family tree. It kind of did, but I mean, um, it, the anxieties and depression tends to come along with the ADHD as a package mm-hmm. deal. Um, and that has made me have to reassess how I see myself again. Um, but for me, um, like um, the collected schizophrenias by uh, Esme Wang, um, uh, that's the sort, you know, where she's very frank about how it's like to live with schizophrenia. And what I have is very, is in the same uh, family as that. I do not have schizophrenia, but the mental illness I have is in that family. Mm. It's very close. Um, you know, if I were to write more nonfiction or poetry, which I actually am doing, I'm involved in um, some called Insta Real Life Poetry Workshop all this month. Oh, oh um, nice. That's the kind of thing I do, right? Just be very frank about what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? True. It's, so, it's, it's, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, it's like the, the TikTok videos I've seen with people. I'm OCD because I like to organize things. No, no. no. <laughs> right. Right. I see the because I can't pay attention. No, that's, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. My husband has ADHD. So ah. I, yeah. So, so we've, we've had some and he didn't get diagnosed till very late in his life. Now, so. Does he hyperfocus? Because that's the thing I tend to do. He does, you know, and he has the executive dysfunction. He has, yes. he has all of that, you know. It's just um, weird to explain to people. How can you sit down and write a novel, but you can't clean your place up? Right, <laughs> right. I hyperfocus. Yeah. That is Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I used to think that my ability to focus was a gift. Now I realize, no, that's a function of ADHD. <laughs> and you know the guy who wrote, who the, the guy uh, Michael Bailey, he's in charge of the um, not to go off topic, but um, he's in charge. He does the uh, Cheryl Mad se- uh, anthology series. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, remember the oh, yeah. post he did about how his ADHD helped him um, do two successful Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I was like, it's like reading my symptoms and reading me. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, you know, I mean, Chanella on Walu was reposting things about ADHD, and I'd be like, the first thing that clued me in was when it said music in your head all the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then um, more posts that she do about ADHD, and then when the Michael ba- when I saw the Michael ba- mm-hmm. Michael Bailey's post, I said, okay, I gotta talk to my doctor. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you get to the point where at least with my husband, like he'll be hyper focused and then he'll you'll bring him out of it or something, like say mm-hmm. something. And then all of a sudden he realizes he hasn't eaten, he needs to pee, he needs to, you know, do all because exactly, he's been doing exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> you know. I, and, I, I've gotten into trouble going back to when I was staying in the hospital at Toronto East General before they switched their name to Michael Garen, right? Um, when I was there, they let you go out for a while and then you have to come back in time for care for you. Mm-hmm. I hyper-focused on World of Warcraft so much, I got in trouble getting back in time um, and oh. I got in trouble for it. You know, it's, you know, yeah. I have to start, if I, if, I, if, I'm, if I have something at very high temperature, I have to stay in the kitchen. If at low temperature, I can leave the kitchen and come back because nothing will, the house will not, the place will not burn down. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not romantic. Yeah. yeah. And for my yeah. husband, if it's not in sight, it might as well like not exist. Like if he can't see it, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's not there, you know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just not there. So, but totally under, totally. Yeah. Totally see how, cause I've seen how it affects him. So, you know, for sure. But well, we could go on and on and on and yeah. on. We can stay here. But tell us what you're doing now. Like, what do you have coming um, out? What are you working? You mentioned some novels that you're working on, and what yeah, do you have coming I have, out? Uh, the novel that Ten Steps to a Whole New You is um, is pulled out from. I'm shopping that around, and I'm also look. I'm also agent hunting. Um, hint, hint, I, uh, any agents? Agents, hint, hint. Hello, <laughs> yeah. Anybody listening? Ah. Yeah. Um. I'm working on um, in surreal life has um, prompts every day um, oh. and they have a prompt today every day for until the end of August and I've done almost all of them I've skipped one um, but I've done almost I've done al- almost all of them um, that's impressive I've, I've, yeah <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's poetry it's not like you have to write a short story um, maybe I shouldn't say that <laughs> um, um but you know, it. Um, I it, I reached a point where I'm going to start experimenting with form, um, oh, because nice. uh, Writer's Digest has this little free PDF called uh, 101 um, different methods. So that's what I'm doing right now, and um, um, and I, you know, I'm just get, enjoying the feedback I'm getting from the nonfiction that I wrote for Apex Magazine. What's it called again? dialect patois if it's good enough for Anthony Burgess it's good enough for you mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, I mean the man wrote clockwork orange and made up an entire slang for his first book right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody blinked it became a Kubrick film it's mm-hmm. a classic you know mm-hmm. um what's his face from deep space nine his uncle is the star of it right Cisco no, 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 no. The guy who played Bashir, his uncle is Malcolm McDowell. Okay. Yeah, that's his uncle. He's related to him. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere mm-hmm. in the family, his, somewhere, some, some, somewhere in his family, like his mom or his dad or something married one of his brothers or sisters. Yeah. But that's his uncle. Wow. He's had, yeah. 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 Um, he also had a kid with uh, the Bajoran woman in the, in the show. Mm-hmm. Nana Visitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's lovely. I love her physicality. Yeah. I think that's why she was yeah. chosen for the for the role because her physicality just brought something to the to, to the to you know. Oh, we're on deep space. That's, yeah. Anyway, My favorites um, are Odo, Quark, yeah. Bashir, and Garrett. 
those are the oh, four. Who I are like my... Bashir. Um, I, I found poor, I found Cisco a little bit huffy, but I liked him in, in other movies that he's done. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I like sort Oda. of a Renaissance man, really. <laughs> um, yeah. None of the sir, I, I remember her talking to about him at a convention in Toronto, and she admires the fuck out of him. Yeah. She, Aww. you know, yeah, but yeah. Um, he's t- apparently he's taught while he's been in in, in Starfleet uniform, nice. <laughs> he's done lectures, you know, and stuff like Perfect. that. But yeah, very cool. So, yeah. uh, anything else that you're that you're doing that you would like people to know uh, about? Tell us yeah. where they can find working, you working, online. I'm working, a, I'm working on other short stories. One is called it's called Hoodie. Um, there's a Sukiya in it again. Um, I really nice. need to branch out. Um. <laughs> no, so, no you know, we need more not- tales of non-western vampires like oh, seriously I can, I can do that i can do that yeah um the, this one is the love child between a suquian and another folklore creature from trinidad or the caribbean called midnight robber Ooh. nalo has a whole book on based on um midnight robber so if you yeah. want to look into that that gives you some idea nice. um but it's a love child between Sukiana Midnight Robber and she, she calls it, you know, she calls herself a hoodie, right? Um, mm. And um, I've had, it's about three quarters done. Mm. Um, nice. Uh, the, 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 the near future of uh, Novelette, um, other people are looking at it and they're going to get back to me about it. Um, and shopping the novel around for nature. So mm. that's basically what I'm doing. Awesome. Oh, thank you, you some, so yeah. much. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, been a pleasure. don't you have something else, like another story in Fantasy Magazine that's coming out soon? Or did mm. I misread your last message? Yeah. No, no, no. The, the one okay. that, the Fantasy Magazine is a 10 steps one. 10 steps. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the yeah. one we did. So I have something subbed to them, but I, I can't get into detail because it's, you know, it's a blind gotcha. sub. So I can't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing to do cool. but wait. But sorry, Daddy. <laughs> it's okay, we're just talking. We're just like we want to keep talking. We want to keep talking. Um, but thank you so much yes, for no coming problem. and talking to us. Um, we hoped it was a good conversation for you. And and yeah, I, I I I go off on tangents, and I'm really sorry. Oh no 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 not it did not no. did not no no no. Okay. We get like this when we have guests. Like if you look at all our guest ones, whenever they're oh, really? they're always mm-hmm. longer. Great, great, they're great. always longer because we get to like talking to them, and and you know we kind of forget and. And, you know, because we just want to talk to the people. We're we fellow kind of, writers yeah. and we're just sitting there talking, you know. Um, but, we yeah, like thank you. Me. Yeah, we do. Um, we get them on all the time. Like, we've talked about all sorts of weird stuff when we're talking. So, are we talking about the movie yeah. or the book or whatever? I've loved that conversation overall. <laughs> I really liked it. Awesome. Thank Hello. you. Where uh, where can people find, find you online? Um, I have... Um, gone through extreme pains to get tanya.ca oh um, so you know i mean tanya.com when i looked into it the dude said it was sixty four thousand dollars, and i'm like <laughs> wait <laughs> what <laughs> oh my god domain yeah. is so ridiculous. It's, prime domain, it's a prime domain oh my god but the scene the thing is you, you can't park tanya.ca you had there's certain parameters that you have over here yeah right so it was available at a much more um, uh, like 10, 10, 10 times cheaper, literally. Right? Wow. Um, wow. Literally 10 times cheaper. Um, you know, uh, 
but I, I got, because I got a grant last year, my income tax um, refund and a couple of things because of COVID, um, those two things combined were, you know, I used that to buy the domain. Oh, there you go. You know? Cool. So it's, you know, it's, you know, my aunt was like, so you're out there. I'm like, yeah, that was the plan all along. <laughs> you have Twitter too, I think. Yes. Um, some silly Wowzer. S-O-M-E-S-I-L-L-Y-W-O-W-Z-E-R. I, I started it because I had some really funny golden moments on, um, on, on, on World of Warcraft chat that I wanted to immortalize on, on somewhere. <laughs> it, turned, it turned into me. It turned into a writing Twitter. Right. Oh, the writing is a completely writing Twitter now. Yeah. There you go. So, awesome. Well, thank you again so, so yeah. much. Thank you, thank, Tanya. It's yeah. been wonderful. It has. Um, and thanks everybody for, for listening. Yeah. And we will post links of where you can find Tanya and where you can find her stuff uh below. So just you know, look for that on our Twitter and our, our podcast website. Um, next time, everybody, we're going to be watching and talking about Sputnik, the 2020 Russian science fiction horror film directed by Igor Abramnico. And uh, we will be talking about that. This was a Joanna pick, so I have no idea what I'm into <laughs> this one. So she picked out this one. So uh, we're super excited about that. Um, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at the box underscore podcast. We are on Slasher. I will get notification if you if you post to us there at Tell Us What's in the Box. Um, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. So, and remember, everybody, shake the box before, before you, open you open it. it. That's right. You have to shake it before you open it. <laughs>